everyone. Welcome back to Kind of Cute. And if you're new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan. I'm your host. And on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. First up, I obviously have to update you guys on the Taylor Swift concert. It was everything I could have imagined and more. As I said, my other two concerts were a lot to live up to. And you know, nothing quite as like out of the ordinary happened this time. That being said, it was such an amazing show. And she's always put a lot into her set design and her visuals to really create this story with her concert from start to finish. And I think this one was an even better example of that. And it felt just so beautifully tied in with everything. My two special songs were Treacherous and Speak Now, which Speak Now is not my favorite, but Treacherous is one of my favorites. I was really hoping for Cornelia Street, guys, because my show, it was the Thursday show in Tampa, was the very first show she had performed after the news of her and Joe Alwyn broke up, you know, went out into the atmosphere. So rumor has it that they've been broken up quite a while now, but again, it was finally announced by, you know, reputable sources as far as the tabloid world goes that they had broken up. They still have not officially commented on it, but that's how it works with Taylor. So much of what she does is done through her PR team. They strategically give interviews to certain more respected tabloids. Like People, I believe, was the first one to really break it with quotes from an actual uh, source close to her. So who knows what actually went down, but... I think people are very excited of what this next chapter holds for Taylor and the music we're going to get. I think selfishly, everyone kind of wants Taylor to be like a little bit jaded and upset, you know, because when she was in love, we saw her speaking from a lot of these different characters and what their love story would be. But now I think we're going to go back to her roots and we're going to get some just absolute bangers. And I hope there's scandal. Like I'm ready for it all. I, I cannot wait. Okay, some other little things about the concert that I found hilarious was Gail was one of her openers. It was Gail and Biba Doobie on the night I went. And as she's thanking her openers after a few songs in to her set, Taylor thanks Gracie Abrams. Also, side note on Gracie Abrams. Did you guys know that Gracie Abrams is J.J. Abrams' daughter? So she is like a classic Nepo baby. Um, But Gail, yeah, did not get thanked. Gracie did. So then Taylor had to come on a few songs later. And I was so intrigued. I was like, is she going to address this? Because right when she said it, I, I turned to my friend and I'm like, no, like Gail was the opener. I heard her sing that F.U. song. That's like the one Gail song everyone knows, right? And... And I was so curious if she was going to address it. And she did, which I applaud her. I feel like she had to. I feel like it would have been so awkward, like even more awkward if she didn't address it. So she comes on and she's like, today's the 13th, which you all know is one of my favorite numbers. It's also the amount of brain cells I have. And uh, she corrected her error and she said, you know, I love sending gifts. I'm going to send so many gifts to Gail and I'm going to send gifts to uh, Biba Doobie for having to witness this. <laughs> so she handled it very well. And I feel like it actually did throw her off her game a little bit. Um, and maybe beyond that, I think why she was thrown off was that show was her first outdoor stadium show. And as you guys know, the Florida humidity is no joke. And she performs for three hours with no substantive breaks. Her breaks consist of costume changes. So she's running around downstage. Like there's a lot going on. You could see her hair frizzing the entire show, which is kind of refreshing because my hair was frizzing as well. I had to convert to a ponytail. How she is basically working out and singing with her hair down and all on her back. I have no idea. But again, it's, it's refreshing to see her 
have a little glimpse of imperfection in you. So she had that going on. She Her garter started to fall off that she wears for her midnight set, and she had to get her backup singers to take it off her. And she didn't acknowledge that was happening, but she happened to be on my side of the stage when that was going on, so I could see it happening. And then during Speak Now, she forgot the lyrics, which I thought was very funny because her singing that and her little lead in statements about it convinced me that speak now is going to be her next re-record that's released. So it kind of made me think, has she not started re-recording it yet? Because you would think if she was just recording it, the lyrics would be really fresh in her mind and she wouldn't have screwed up the lyrics, but I don't know. Again, maybe the Florida heat was getting to her. Like I said, it was getting to me and I was literally just standing and, you know, bopping in my seat. So again, I don't know how she does it. I would need like a personal fan built into all of my clothes. Uh, what else happened? Oh, so there's this part. Well, okay, I don't want to spoil anything if you know for the actual show, but there's a part where she does this kind of cool visual effect, and she missed her cue, <laughs> and so the sound effect that went with it was going on at a different time than when she completed the action. I'm sorry, I'm being so big. I know some people like really don't like any spoilers, but again, I love when people mess up. I just it it gets a little monotonous I would think for them doing the same thing every night. So having these little things that kind of differentiate it, I really enjoy as a fan. Okay, just a few more things about Taylor Swift. I apologize. You know I can talk about her forever. So <laughs> On top of there being all these paparazzi photos of Taylor out with her, you know, quote unquote squad to go back to her 1989 days, it's kind of the same group of girls. We have Gigi. We have the Heim sisters. Uh, Who else was in that photo? Oh, Blake Lively, of course. She's been out to eat with them, her and Ryan, a couple times. All of her friends have started unfollowing Joe on social media. And so it's just so funny seeing her kind of get back to that time because Taylor's one of those people who is not photographed unless she wants to be photographed. You you have to trust me on this. That girl can hide so far under the radar. So the fact that between shows, she keeps going back to New York. Um, I'm guessing her... Does she still have her Cornelia Street apartment? If it's not her Cornelia Street one, it's her one in Tribeca. So she keeps going back there between shows, going out with all her friends. She's wearing a very black and denim color palette, which I thought symbolized the death of her relationship. <laughs> but then she also has some butterfly motifs, you know, for rebirth. Again, she's famous for dressing with Easter eggs in her clothing, even when it's just her street style. So that's been going on. And then at the same time, some paparazzi photos were released of Joe Alwyn. And I swear her team had to have orchestrated this as well. Because when I tell you this man looked so rough, the bags under his eyes. And I say this, you know, as someone who has literal eczema under her eyes that makes me look about 10 years older because they're so like dry and flaky and crusty. Sorry for the graphic. But again, I can commiserate with Joe, you know. But you have to look at these photos of him and how bedraggled he looks. It looks like he had spent not only all night drinking, but also crying. (laughs) It's bad. And again, no one can tell me otherwise that she did not plan this with her team to like catch him looking a little rough. With all that being said, it is, of course, Mercury Retrograde. And I know you guys know I bitch about this every time because, as usual, it always hits me like a bag of bricks. And you're probably also like, Bailey, I swear every other show you're talking about Mercury Retrograde. Well, guys, that's because Mercury's rotation is only 88 days. So it comes around pretty quick. And on top of that, you have the little shadow periods before Mercury and Retrograde and after where it can also feel like you're Mercury <laughs> Mercury in Retrograde. Like, literally, my computer last week at work just stopped working. Literally would not turn on. And 
you know, that's always just a huge debacle, getting all that replaced, getting everything like transferred over, getting your settings all set back up. Then I was at um, breakfast with my family this past Saturday, and it was this new place that I really wanted to try. I always wanted to try it. I'd seen really good reviews on Yelp. It's just a little diner vibe. It's called Clary's Corner Cafe if you're from this area. And this is not to disparage them at all. I just think this is a funny story. So it's in um, a little town near me, and my dad was skeptical because when we pull up, it looks like it's at uh, – what is the politically correct term for like old person's home, home for the elderly, nursing home? Um, it is kind of like attached to that. And my dad is so weird about things. I'm like, that probably means their food's going to be bomb. Like, I'm ready. Let's go. Uh, but he was he was hesitant. And um, but we go in and he's like, OK, this menu looks really good. Like, I'm really excited. The food looks great. We all order stuff. We were starving. I had been out the night before in Fort Lauderdale celebrating my friend's uh, birthday And so I needed that sustenance. I needed something to soak it all up, you know. So we're sitting there. We're waiting. We're waiting. And we're kind of confused. We're like, this is taking a little while because, like, usually diners are so fast. And, like, everyone around us had gotten food. We're like, we feel like we have to be next in line to get food, right? So then the waitress brings us out some banana bread. I had ordered banana bread, incidentally. But then she gives us uh, an extra slice. And she's giving it to everyone in the restaurant. So I'm like, huh, did everyone order banana bread? Or, like, are they doing damage control here? And then one of the ladies comes down from the nursing home. Her name was Sally. And the waitress is like, Sally, we're closed. And Sally's in a walker. And Sally heads back out. And I start looking around. And I'm like, wait. The man that I saw cooking everything, because you could see him. The griddle was like, it's this tiny little restaurant, right? And, like five tables. I could see the man manning the griddle. All of a sudden I look over, he's not there anymore. And I'm like, this is not a good sign for my very hungover stomach. So then the waitress comes out and she goes, uh, everyone, can I have your attention? And mind you, I think this is the first time in my life that I've had a waitress like get everyone's attention in the restaurant. She goes, um, I'm really sorry to say this. And I think I might start crying, but my chef just walked out. So I'm sorry. Um, I have no food for you and and you must leave. (laughs) So we're like, okay, so we get up, we tip her because obviously she knows she's been bringing us coffee. She brought us the banana bread and we just walk out. And as we're walking out, we have to walk by the griddle, okay, because this is how small this place is. And we can see all of our food just fully prepared back there on the griddle, like because we were next in line, right? Like (laughs) it was the oddest experience. And it really had me thinking about how you know, every time we go out to eat, it sort of is this song of dance. I read this book a long time ago about how the front and back of a kitchen is really similar to like the front and the back of a stage um, when you're watching a play and how, you know, so much of what goes on, you might not necessarily see. And then you're supposed to just get this sort of performance of the food being brought out to you and you get to enjoy it and uh, and all of that. And it really had me thinking about that because I'm like, you know, when that is broken, when what we're so used to every time we go out and that song and dance is broken, it's really kind of disconcerting. And all of a sudden we're like, where do we go? Like, what do we do? And of course it was fine. We just went to another restaurant. But again, if that was not murky and retrograde, you cannot, like, you can't tell me it wasn't. Hello. Okay. I apologize for that long intro, but in pop culture news, I have been loving that Kristen Cavallari, her jewelry company, it's called Uncommon James. She has been doing 
advertising with her past Laguna cast members. I'm talking Taryn. I'm talking Jessica. Of course, Steven. Steven and Kristen have a podcast together. Just so many of them. And honestly, they all look great. They were dressed in the clothes they'd wear in high school, especially Kristen. It is like she has not dated it aged a day she did her hair the same way she's wearing a little black top the black choker the little short denim mini skirt they filmed it in a school they wanted to film at laguna beach high school but they wouldn't let them do it there so i I don't know where they were like maybe newport um and i just i'm living for it i love that she's been sharing behind the scenes things it's so cute go check it out if you haven't yet Okay, let's talk about some celebrity relationships. First off, if unless you're living under a rock, you've probably heard that there are rumors that Kylie Jenner and Timothee Chalamet himself have started a little dalliance, a little relationship, if you will. This is fascinating to me because obviously we all know the Jenners, the Kardashians are great at keeping their name in the press. And I had been noticing a little bit of a lull. Like, I hadn't been hearing a lot about them. Of course, you know, you would still see the headlines, but it would be for such incidental stuff. But then all of a sudden, there's all these things about Kendall and Bad Bunny dating. And then on the feet of that, we have Kylie and Timothee dating. And there has been some videos I've seen of them at together at dinner. But again, this reads classic PR move to me. I mean, I don't think Timmy is mad about having to make out with Kylie, right? Like, I'm, sh- you know, people are like, oh, it's so weird. He looks like a medieval shoe, like personified. How is he dating a a Kardashian? This makes perfect sense to me. Timmy loves making out with an Instagram model. He, like, he loves that look. Yeah, I know he dated Lily Rose Depp, but I'm telling you, last year at Coachella, he was making out with Instagram models. The transition to this year now being with Kylie is not a shock to me and he knows that if there's anyone more famous than him it's someone along the lines of a Kylie right everyone knows Timmy at this point his star is rising this makes so much sense to me again is this going to be a long run thing probably not do I think it's helping getting their name back in just like I feel like it is with Bad Bunny and Kendall Jenner yeah it's mutually beneficial on those same lines of Coachella Camila uh, Cabello and ex Sean Mendez, they were spotted canoeing at Coachella. And then they've been spotted a couple times since then. So this is something that I could fully see coming back around. You know, again, they should be a little wary with Mercury and Retrograde, but I can see them just full blown getting back together. Um, I think they had a very strong tie as much as it looked fake with their little fake like coffee paparazzi walks. I definitely think there was something there between them, if nothing else, a very deep friendship, and I could see it be very comfortable for them to go back to one another. Then we have Millie Bobby Brown, who plays Eleven on Stranger Things. She just got engaged to John Bon Jovi's son. She's 19. He's 20. So a lot of people have a lot to say about how young they are. Um, I agree with that. I, I, I don't think getting engaged at 19 is a great idea, but I also think Millie Bobby has had an very accelerated growing up that most child actors do and I think the same thing with uh little Bon Jovi he has you know grown up with a very famous dad and I just think they live on a different plane than the rest of us she obviously has a lot of her own income he's I'm sure financially secure so maybe like the normal considerations that you would have don't really apply to them so I get that Okay, this might be older news at this point. Um, I should have segued from talking about Kylie to talking about this, but Kim Kardashian is going to be on the next American Horror Story with Emma Roberts. And I love that. I hope she's playing pretty much herself. 
I don't need her to be play Kim Kardashian, but I want her playing like this influencer, it girl, socialite type. Because I think if she can play anything well, it's that. I would even love it if they have her being a socialite who's, you know, very smart, going to law school, like kind of mirroring her life story. Uh, I'm so happy to watch. And I think that AHS has maybe been struggling a little bit with their past seasons and getting the hype around that they used to. So I think it's a great business move that they're bringing Kim on. Again, I'm just, I can't wait. All right, let's get into our first article of the day. Y'all, breaking news. And before we get into our articles, did you see that Lucas Gage and Chris Appleton got married in Vegas and Kim Kardashian herself officiated? We talked a couple weeks ago about Chris and Lucas dating because Lucas just recently kind of came out I guess like with his relationship with Chris and Chris is famously the Kardashian's hairstylist hairstylist to many stars I I just think it's so iconic they did this who knows if they're legally married I personally don't know but I'm living for the pictures of it they're wearing these like Tommy Lee looking outfits all black just such a moment y'all full disclosure This right now, as I'm recording, is like my fifth time trying to record this podcast. And not that I've had to start over, but I just keep taking breaks. And I know obviously this episode is super late, but I swear I have a very good excuse this time. First off, when I was talking at the beginning of the episode about Mercury and retrograde and whatever, I forgot to say that last week I was sick, like felt like absolute crap or sorry, the week before last Um, the week after the Taylor Swift concert, I was convinced I had like bronchitis or something. I didn't have COVID. I was testing for COVID. But that same week where I felt like crap, I was interviewing for a new job. Um, I had not interviewed in like nine years and it was a little bit traumatizing and I hated it. I mean, who likes interviews? But I ended up getting that job. And then this past week, I put in my two weeks notice at my firm that I've been with for such a long time to the point where I literally cried um, telling my boss and telling my co-workers. So it was just a very emotionally draining couple of weeks, but I definitely feel a huge weight off my shoulder now that I've put in my two weeks notice and I'm like, okay, I can officially record this with a clear mind and give you what you deserve when I talk about these articles. Um, So yeah, I'm going to be an in-house girly now. And uh, we'll see how it goes. And I apologize ahead of time if, again, I'm a slacker with my episodes because I feel like there's going to be a transitional period of starting this new job where I know absolutely nothing and I feel like there's going to be a learning curve and it's probably going to have me stressed out. And you guys know it's hard for me to record this when I'm not in, like, the right mental place. But thank you, as usual, for bearing with me. And now, for real, we are getting into our first article of the week. Will Polter can't believe he's this swole either. The Humble Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 actor puts his hands to good use by Iana Murray. You probably know Will Polter as the actor with the very arched, expressive eyebrows. It's become sort of his signature thing. I have to say he looks so good in the photos that accompanied this article. His eyebrows are still his signature ones. They're still there, but they're tamed now in a way that just goes much more with his face. His hair is flowing. He's jacked because he's now going to be a Marvel movie star and a little tanned. Like he just looks really good. And tell me why I really want him to date Taylor Swift. 
I feel like he's Joe Allen 2.0, but he seems more charming and more comfortable in the public eye. So I'm manifesting that to happen. Like maybe it's a little bit too close to home and she needs to go another direction and not date another British boy who vaguely has the same coloring as Joe Allen. But I could just see it really working out for the both of them. But have you guys seen the rumors that she's apparently dating Fernando Alonso? I don't know if I believe it, but there's definitely rumors and he's loving the attention, I think, from it and not shooting it down. If you don't know who he is, he is like one of the most successful F1 drivers of all time. He's a little bit older. Taylor dating an F1 driver also makes a lot of sense to me. I feel like that's a lifestyle she could really kind of get behind. And I think dating someone a little older than her, you know, he's not, he's 41, so it's not a huge age gap. She's 34. Three, I don't know. We'll see. But I'm, again, I'm team Will on this. <laughs> okay, so this article is the series The Cut does where they call it like a first date. And I love reading you the little lead in to kind of set the scene. So it says, Will Polterre has a barely discernible red scar running up the side of his hand. You would never notice it unless he stood next to you, which he's doing right now as we prepare for a cooking class in central London and realize to our horror that our lack of knife skills and respective injuries may be a bad omen. I don't tend to be a good cook, but I do love to cook, he tells me, tying the strings of his apron behind him. It's one of my favorite activities. So as I said, on May 5th, he will be joining the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's going to be playing Adam Warlock, who is an artificially created antagonist genetically engineered to be a perfect specimen. He says, that doesn't really describe me. And I know the second they cast me, they were going in a different direction. (laughs) But again, I'm telling you, he's looking pretty perfect, guys. So one of the things I learned from this article is that he says chefs are his version of rock stars. He says, I worship worship chefs more than I do actors or musicians. I just think they're amazing. And then he says, actually rephrase that. Nurses first because I've got so many in my family, but then after that, closely followed by chefs. I'm also a huge chef fangirl and I obviously love to eat. So immediately I was like, yes, Will. And like, think of all the little cute dates he could go on with Taylor And then she's describing this little date. She says, he's frankly so kind that he may be setting the bar too high for any and all future dates. And he like drives her from the restaurant and he's asking her questions about her life and feeling bad that, you know, because it was an interview about him that he was not being able to ask her as many questions as he normally would when he was on a first date. And I'm just totally endeared to Will Polter. Like I'm, I'm becoming a fangirl. This is what always happens when I read these first date articles. That being said, I will say we, you know, we talked about John Majors and um, his first date. I want to say he might've been the last one we discussed. Who's like, he's also in the MCU and there's actually been a lot of claims coming out against him. Uh, So I don't know how that's going to shake out as of yet. The MCU hasn't commented on his place and whether he's keeping it, but that's something to keep an eye out on moving forward. And sad because he seemed like such a nice guy. And I'm like, ugh. So you can never fall in love with these guys in the public eye because inevitably shit hits the fan. All right, next up, we have JoJo puts her own spin on Moulin Rouge by Juan Ramirez. Yes, that is JoJo as in leave, get out. One of my all-time favorite pop songs ever. 
really up there as one of the greats for me. So she is playing Satine in Broadway's Moulin Rouge. This is her Broadway debut. So I just want to talk about some things in this article that stood out for me. So she's asked where she gets her culture recommendations since now she's living in New York. She says she follows Secret NYC. She loves listening to NPR in the morning. She always has that blasting in her apartment in the morning. And then she says, I have cool New York friends who tell me where to go. To be single in the city is really fun. Meeting nice guys who want to take you to cute places you haven't been. I have gorgeous girlfriends and guy friends who want to explore different parts of the town. I'm definitely having a moment and it's very fun. Honestly, like that's just like the New York lifestyle I want to be living. I obviously have gorgeous girlfriends, but I'm not meeting guys who want to take me to cute places and out on dates. Like, that would be lovely. Please, hello, please, anyone out there in the South Florida area, um, I am available. Then she's asked if she has any comfort rewatches. And of course, now being this New York City girl, she says Sex in the City. She says season two is her favorite, but she's currently on season three and Carrie hasn't met Aiden yet and she's still with Big. And she talks about how she just went to Extra Virgin, which is near Carrie's apartment in the show. And she says like she had a very Sex in the City moment. I thought it's funny that she says she'll never watch Game of Thrones because I too have like not just like her she says she watched a few episodes and I also haven't got into it and she also says it seems like it would be something right up her alley I still want to give it a chance and I think I just kind of want to start with House of Dragons I know that's out of order but I don't feel so overwhelmed with being behind so many seasons so I do want to watch that because Kenzie's a huge Game of Thrones fan and we tend to watch all of our TV together so I'm like I feel like I need to do that with her and watch it then this was interesting They asked, what's the best piece of gossip you've heard? And she said, whenever somebody gets a lot of plastic surgery done and then lies about it, I always think that's interesting gossip. When they either told you that they like got this major body surgery done or whatever and then shy away from talking about it, I just think that's interesting. I don't judge. It's just interesting because I think we're turning a corner now where more people are speaking openly about what they're doing, but still live in a time where we're kind of coy about it. And I do think we're eventually going to reach a time when people are way more open, but I always talk about that on here how that's really one of my biggest annoyances about people in the public eye like not owning up to shit they've had done when it's so obvious and I just I don't really get why they can't just be open about it like why do they have to feel like they came out of the womb a perfect specimen like if they had some work done who the hell cares She said the most recent book that she couldn't put down was The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which I also read. They're adapting it into a movie or TV series. I think it's a movie, though. And then, obviously, it's the same author of Daisy Jones and the Six, which I haven't watched yet. I've heard mixed reviews about. But Seven Husbands is is a great book. It's not, like, my all-time favorite. Like, I don't think it's the best thing ever, but it's a very entertaining read, easy. Kind of gives you perspective on you know, all the reasons that people might not come out in the public eye, uh, things that you kind of know logically, but seeing it written in this sort of, you know, fictional book gives some, some additional layers and context to it. Describes it as a delicious read, sumptuous. Okay, this part of the interview rubbed me the long, wrong way because you know I like when people just kind of go along with the interview, treat it like an improv, just sort of yes and it instead of being like, mm, what? So the interviewer asks her, imagine you're on your night off from the show. You're going to dinner and calling an Uber XL. Which five celebrities are you putting in there? I think that is a very fun question. Harmless, whatever, not that big of a deal. She says, that's a weird question. I don't know. Honestly, I would have my cast come, but I feel like that's not what you're looking for. Right. It's not what he's looking for. Your castmates aren't celebrities, Jojo. 
so he says all four sex in the city girls and she goes right and then he asks whose boyfriend gets to come along and she says i don't want nobody's man but i loved aiden and i really do hope that we get to see them get back together next season and just like that i love spending time with fabulous older ladies really all the women from sex in the city could come in the xl with me i just love learning from women who have more life experience under the belt and can take me to fabulous places tell me about love and life and put me on to where to get great clothing i do appreciate that she's an aiden fan you guys know i am so team aiden i hope they don't do something stupid in the new season of and just like that and make it be like it's a dream sequence or a flashback and like she's not actually reuniting with Aiden I hope they actually let that play out a little bit and see them actually back together I really can't wait to watch honestly I know people shot on the and just like that but I'm ready I'm here for it okay guys we've made it to our blind item of the day I thought it was only fitting to do one on Lucas Gage this came from April 5th 2023 from crazy days and nights so it's very recent and it says this A minus list actor is apparently in every project on this pay cable channel. He's also engaged and is cheating on his significant other. I bet they don't make it all the way to the wedding. So this is clearly about him being on every project on HBO because he was in Euphoria. He was in White Lotus. I think he has other shows coming out and he's engaged as we know. Or I'm sorry. Now he's married to Chris Appleton. But at the time this was written, he was engaged. But this blind is saying that he was cheating on him. Um and that they weren't going to make it to the wedding. But clearly this has already been debunked because they did make it to the wedding. But I hope these cheating rumors aren't true unless they were just doing this wedding just for PR. But I've seen pictures of them like on the street together. Like they're clearly together. And even if it's a little bit for show, I think they are a real couple. And it always just makes me sad when I hear about cheating. So I hope if there is cheating that it's mutual, like it's an open relationship and they're both in on it. Um, because I think they're a very cute couple. And it's funny he lists him as an A-list minus actor. Because I'm like, wow, he's really come far. Like, this is the same dude who the director was, like, talking shit about his apartment on his Zoom. And now he's A-list? minus Like, damn. Go off, Lucas. I think he did a really good job of, like, constantly putting himself in spaces where he was seen and heard. And, you know, he's a big reality star lover. He hangs out with the Vanderpump Rules people. Like, he's not above anything. But he also hangs out with the bigwigs. So good for him. Uh, Again, I wish him the best. All right, guys, we've now made it to our legit shit of the week. And I definitely, you know, have to give credit to people of color when it comes to hair care, because I feel like everything that I as a white woman know or that gets passed on to us, it has started with people of color, whether it's uh, Asians using rice water, Indians who oil their hair, black people using hair bonnets, which gets me to this point that this is a silk hair bonnet. This is my legit shit of the week. And I'm telling you, this has changed my hair life. I've slept on a silk pillow for years, but this hair bonnet guys, oh my God. First of all, it's super cheap on Amazon right now. It's only $13. I think I paid like 30 for it. It's adjustable. It's fully silk. It feels so silky and wonderful. And I just put it on when I go to sleep at night. I even sometimes just pull it down so it kind of doubles as like an eye mask and a hair cover. And I'm telling you, if you've like styled your hair and you sleep in this, it will you will wake up and your hair will look the same. It might even look better because it's kind of curled in on itself in the bonnet. I'm just telling you, if you haven't tried one yet, please, please do. Please let me know if you like it. Like I said, it's only like $13 on Amazon right now. As usual, it's linked in the show notes. 
Thank you guys for listening. Thank you again for bearing with me. If you've enjoyed this, please tell a friend, share it on Instagram, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or and or Spotify, and I will speak to you soon. Bye.